0: Welcome back to The Process. I'm your co-host, Nick Veronica. Charlie and I talked about the Bills' 43-21 beatdown of the Washington football team on this episode. We talked about whether we think the Bills have figured it out yet, or if they just played some really bad teams. And we talked about if there's anything we'd like to see cleaned up going forward. They play Houston next week, and then they get into a tougher part of their schedule with Tennessee and Kansas City. We also talked about some Sabres at the end. If you want us to bring down the mood a little bit, sorry, Charlie. Remember to hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore process pod. We appreciate it. So that's a question on social media. We'll answer it on the next episode. Thanks for listening.
1: So Nick, no podcast last week. Cause we were kind of like the bills offense and still trying to get into season form. But this week, much like the Bills offense. We are back.
0: We are back and much like the Bills offense, we uh we're gonna take care of business early and get out of here and uh have a baseball cap on like Josh Allen three quarters of the way through the game.
1: I like it. I like it. How are you doing, man? How would uh listen this I feel pretty this, good after uh, that game? Yeah, it's such an just
0: a like this is how good teams should be relaxing like this, okay? Like there, there was like, you know, end of the second quarter, like a little bit of let down there once they got up twenty one nothing. And then, after, like, this is what good teams do. You shouldn't have to be, like, crazy stressed every week. They just take care of business. They just want somebody. They casually – Josh Allen, I looked at the stats in the third quarter. Casually already at 325 passing yards. Okay, like, it's still – like, I know last year had, you know, second MVP voting. After the whole drought, it's still – it just doesn't hit you yet. The, like, just no one even cared today. Oh, 300 yards? Yeah, it was the middle of third quarter. Just wasn't right. a big deal at all. Um, no. So, man, what, just just good. Good. The vibes were, were very, very good today. By the way, it was the first day you had to be vaccinated to attend. Maybe that helped the good vibes. I don't know.
1: I'm going to read you a quick stat that I found, too. Um, Josh Allen is the fourth player in NFL history to record multiple career games with 300 yards passing and four-plus Touchdown passes and a rushing touchdown. Uh, You want to know who he joins on that list? There are three others, you said? There are three others on that list. You know who those are? I
0: saw one one of the stats, so I'll say this one first. I saw something about Norm Van Brocklin. Is he on the list? He is not. He's not okay. Maybe there's some other stat I found.
1: You're thinking I, too far back.
0: Oh, no, no, I thought I thought I saw a tweet, so I didn't want to. Cheat okay, okay, an, okay. So, it's no, three, no, he is not on the list. So, it, it's games with 350 pass yards plus four pass touchdowns three, plus one rush touchdown
1: 300 plus passing yards, four plus passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown.
0: Okay, three other people in NFL history to do this multiple times,
1: uh, to do this, uh, multiple career games. Yes, hmm.
0: All right, let's see. I mean, honestly, it kind of could be anyone. Like three hundred in, in the touchdown. Uh, I mean, you could any modern quarterback could get that, and then just like casually add a rushing touchdown. So, you tell me, Tom Brady's on this list?
1: He is not on the list. No,
0: okay.
1: <laughs> Tom Brady is not on this list. Is Mahomes on the on the list? He is not on the list. Really? He is not on the list. Okay. Each, uh, are the, are I'll give, I will give you a quick clue. Uh, one of the players is still active. Each one of them has won a Super Bowl, at least one.
0: All right. One of them is active. Roethlisberger. No. Man, I mean, a rushing touchdown. Like you don't have to be a huge rusher. Like you could just luck into one of these, right?
1: Right. Right.
0: Has won a Super Bowl. Active, not Roethlisberger or Brady. Russell Wilson.
1: No. No. Oh, it's, man.
0: Um, Hold on. Let's see. I mean, there, there can't be too many of these guys left that I'm not getting yet.
1: Um, so only one of these guys is active. One of these guys recently retired, and the other one recently went into the Hall of Fame. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is one of them. Yes.
0: Where is it? Okay, like. You never expect Peyton Manning to get a rushing touchdown.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's why I thought that was interesting. But, yes, Peyton Manning is on that list. Do you want to guess the Yeah, I'm gonna going to keep going here. Uh, current uh, Super Bowl-winning
0: quarterback who's still in the league. Oh, um, my gosh. Tom Brady has won so many damn Super Bowls. What about – no, Matt Ryan didn't win the Super Bowl. Um, I mean,
1: he was in – do you want a clue?
0: You're halfway there. So, yeah.
1: He was in the news a lot this offseason.
0: In the news a lot. Okay. Well, Deshaun Watson never won a Super Bowl. No. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is another one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. If you don't expect him to have it. Like, this is, these are is,
1: Aaron yeah. Rodgers is, is a little bit more mobile than Peyton Manning.
0: Yeah, a little bit more. Okay.
1: I mean, I if he would ran the ball I in the, in the, it, in the end zone last year, it, they would have yeah. been in the Super Bowl.
0: All right. And then I have one more player who you said is recently retired.
1: Recently retired. Yes. Drew Brees. Yes. Correct. Drew Brees, hey. good, uh, good, guessing. Right. good guessing, good guessing. happy that we got Drew Brees, Drew Brees did it four games, Aaron Rodgers did it three games, and Peyton Manning did it twice.
0: You know, a couple of casual Hall of Famers and our boy Josh, our, our, our excited golden retriever and some Hall of Famers, you know.
1: <laughs> you know. Um, Just a day at the it, park. Yeah, I mean, you say, I thought last week, I know we didn't do a podcast last week, but real quick, touch on I thought last week Josh started kind of looking a little bit more comfortable. I know he missed a few passes and things like that. And I went on uh, one of the guys from cover one. I apologize to them for not giving them the correct credit. uh, But one of the guys on, on on cover one tweeted out kind of what Josh Allen's issues were. And one of those issues was his feet. He wasn't setting his feet. He was kind of getting jumpy and hoppy and bouncing around and um, really wasn't getting good. um, I guess Feet foot posture is that the word I want to use?
0: Base to throw from there. You
1: go, he didn't want to, he didn't want, he didn't have a good base going on. So, um, ever since then, you know, this week, obviously, I thought Josh Allen looked a lot better, minus the one throw that he had to like literally leap over the one defender, Hmm. um, and 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 still almost completed it and still almost hit Stefan Diggs. Yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable, unbelievable. But no, I, I think this week, obviously, Nick, without having to really say much. Um the Bills offense looked like the Bills offense from twenty twenty.
0: Oh yeah. Josh Josh found the deep ball at some point this week. I tweeted it was like the happy gilmore when he learned how to putt. It's like, uh oh Josh gets the deep ball back, you're in trouble.
1: Well I mean it's not even so much even on Josh Allen, right? Yes, Josh Allen looked good. But you know what else looked like the looked like the offense from twenty twenty? Brian Dable's play calling. Mm. I thought even last week there was some questionable play calls that Dable that Dable called last week against Miami. Granted, they won thirty five to nothing, but there mm. were still some questionable some questionable play calls being done by 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 Dable and that offense. And I thought that this week, all over the the team looked comfortable. They looked the, like that team that we saw last year that went to the AFC Championship game.
0: Really did. Really did. I agree with you there. Uh, the players said after the game, uh, it was apparently an emotional week for Brian Dable. His grandmother died this week. I guess he uh, he was very close with as a uh, child, and they said it was kind of reminiscent to when Josh's grandmother died um, a year last year, two years last ago. Year, last yeah. year, I think. Yeah, they said you know you remember Alan coming in after the game. You know they say collapsed in Dable's arms, and they said it was kind of kind of reverse this week. So some of the mm-hmm. guys were tweeting this was for Daves So. We love to see that. Hanging hanging up forty-three points on Washington. That's that's a good good way to get over it.
1: Uh Super Bowl revenge game. Oh <laughs> uh, no, what, like I, Super I did. Bowl
0: 21 or whatever?
1: Yeah, yeah. I did I did see a crazy stat this week going into this game. The fact that since that game against Washington uh in the Super Bowl, the Bills were going into this game were seven and eight since then against Washington. Um now they're obviously eight and nine against the Washington football team. since losing to them in the Super Bowl.
0: Oh, I uh, really have never thought of that. That that was so no, far I, away.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean we were what? 5 6 years old maybe maybe 4. Maybe. We were children. Not not the grown men that we are now.
0: <laughs> so talk to me here, who's getting uh, your game
1: ball? Dude, the game ball this week man, it was there, there's so many players you could pick from, right? Um, you know, I thought that the offensive line outside of the first couple drives settled in. I thought Deion Dawkins did a really good job today. Um, I thought that, obviously, Josh Allen did a phenomenal job. But one guy who I think who just has had a great week all around, uh, that definitely deserves the game ball, that caught his first two touchdown passes as a Buffalo Bill, Um that's um, um, Emmanuel Sanders.
0: It's a great pick. Oh. It, was, uh, it was almost six, you know, five years to the day since his last two touchdown game. It was in 20, September 2016. Mm-hmm. That guy, no offense to John Brown, who I thought was very good. Sanders might be better.
1: I mean, he's definitely an upgrade, right? I think John Brown brought a different kind of dynamic to the game, right? John Brown brought that speed that you don't necessarily get from a. Um, Emmanuel Sanders so much, but, um, you know, today Emmanuel Sanders had five catches for 94 yards and two touchdowns. By the way, can't go without saying, Cole Beasley quietly had 11 receptions today.
0: Tied a career high.
1: Yeah, crazy, crazy. I thought, you know, just keep throwing the ball, let him go for the record of, a, what is it, I think 21 is the record? Let him go for 22. That's a lot. Yes. Yes. Um, I, how about I you? Think,
0: Nick? I, I think Sean McDermott learned his lesson from getting people injured last year by keeping them in. We got to see Trubisky for almost the full quarter today. Beasley, I don't think played when after Josh came out either. So maybe he learned from getting Beasley and Diggs hurt last year. Uh,
1: I think so. I think so. Um, how about you, Nick? What, what, uh, looking at the game, who gets Nick Veronica's game ball this week?
0: Sanders was a, was a great choice. Um, if I mean if you're not going him, if you're if you want to look defense, I thought Matt Milano had a phenomenal game, but I don't know nice. how you can not give it to Josh Allen. 358 yards, four touchdowns, rushing touchdown. There's his third career, five touchdown game. I don't know how that doesn't get game ball.
1: I mean, yes, obviously Josh Allen's I mean, an easy.
0: One. Yeah, sometimes you I mean you're like, oh he's got enough game balls. We'll give it to some I mean, no. you, you can just give it to him again.
1: And Matt Milano is another one. that Thank you for bringing him up. Matt Milano had had a quietly good game as well. That hit that he made on on Henneke there at the uh, mm-hmm. uh, fourth down when he was trying to scramble was just unbelievable.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's been all over the place all year, having a great a great season. I see some just go on Twitter and just I don't know I don't know, you you follow like the the subjects and it like just shows you other people's tweets sometimes. I like mm-hmm. to just keep seeing random Matt Milano tweets. Keep getting pulled into the feed. People with like film guys, very high praise for Matt Milano.
1: And to think that they almost didn't bring him back.
0: Uh, listen, you're saying that I that was never. I never thought that was going to happen. I always thought that they were going to bring him back. I think there, I mean, there, like, there, there was some there was some negotiating to do, but it was never like we don't need this guy in the defense. Or like we definitely want this guy. We just want to get him for, you know. Seller right. cap league, we're gonna to try to lower salary if we can.
1: Yeah, the, the salary cap's fake, we all know that, but no, it uh, cap's um, a little bit real, a little bit real, not not totally real. Um, but no, I thought Matt Milano did have a good game, but you're right. I mean, Josh Allen obviously deserves the game ball, uh, 32 for 43, 358, and four touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown as well. Um, but like I said, I felt like for the game that Emmanuel Sanders had. You know, with his two touchdowns, that first touchdown was a beautiful catch.
0: Oh my gosh,
1: beautiful, beautiful throw on top of it. I mean, you got to give Allen mm. his credit as well. But beautiful catch there by Emmanuel yep. Sanders there in the end zone.
0: The um, Dustin Knox had an unbelievable. This guy only makes like highlight real plays.
1: And then he dropped the easy one that almost yeah. was an interception.
0: That's a yeah. And then and then knocked him
1: out with his knee.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Great, like uh, indirect defensive play to. to Break up that pick.
1: Yeah, I, I thought, uh, you know, Dawson Knox. I actually got a lot of texts from my friends uh, about that Dawson Knox touchdown. So, uh, really nice catch by Knox. Um, we got to talk real quick, Nick, I think, too, about the special teams because they have been struggling this year. This is um, true. They had a bit of an issue there against uh, Pittsburgh week one with the block kick. Last week, not so much. They weren't needed too much last week against Miami. But this week they had um that little what was it, sky kick. That was a weird on one. Like thing, I it whatever done, it was. like it
0: it looked like it almost like it was very windy at the stadium. It almost looked like it had gotten tied up somehow in the wind. Like I don't know if they meant to do that necessarily. But anyway, like just just catch the ball.
1: Right. I mean, like that that's something you can't happen. Um, and then obviously Tyler Bass again, I mean, I understand it was into the win, but Tyler Bass kicking the ball out of bounds uh at the start the third quarter, giving Washington the ball at the twenty, which turned into no points. But um, you know, it's just not not what you expect from a Buffalo Bills team that preaches special teamers and preaches having versatile players on their team who can play both uh, you know defense or offense and special teams
0: yeah, I think at, toward the end of the end of the game second half somewhere they had the punt that was down on like the one or the two yard line mm-hmm. like that unit needed needed a win like they needed something to build off that was good
1: to see they definitely had something big um but honestly you know, like,
0: so- the bills were fortunate that they kept the pedal to the floor on offense because what an embarrassing thing that would have been if they let the kicker recover his own kickoff. Mm-hmm. That's crazy.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I, I was not too happy with the way that looked. Truthfully, I thought Buffalo was going to end up getting another shutout this game, and outside of that, you know, little fluke uh, play that no one could seem to tackle Antonio Gibson, um, and the little fluke um, kickoff thing, they could have really, only, they they really could have pitched another shutout this year, this week. Uh,
0: listen, three shutouts in a row with a tight a franchise record. I was waiting for it. I wanted it to happen. It did not happen.
1: And former Buffalo Bill uh, Logan Thomas getting in the end zone today. Oh, yeah. With beautiful catch, by the way. I, th- I feel like he needs some credit there. Um making a He's really having a nice career
0: revival as a tight end.
1: He really is. He really is. Um, you know, former quarterback, <laughs> as, as always mentioned, but um, – I was very happy to see this team, uh, this Bills team, come out on top. And can't talk about this game without talking about the defense and the amount of turnovers they had today.
0: It was. So, so let, let me ask you, this game and even a little bit of the Miami game, are you feeling like, like the Bills are are back? Are they back in the swing, or did they just been beaten up on some bad teams? Like, well, How do you feel about that breakdown?
1: I mean, look, I, I think this goes without saying that this has been talked about before. Even last year, I think we talked about it. Like, these are games that you have to win, right? Like Mm -hmm. Washington. You look at um, next week's game against Houston. Like, those are games that good teams are supposed to put beatings like this on. Miami as well. I, Everyone I think who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about Miami. I think Miami has a good defense. However, I think that they are very, very highly overrated. I don't think Tua is as good as what people say he is. And I'll tell you what, if they don't fix that offensive line, they're going to get Tua killed or they're going to get the backup quarterback uh, Jacoby Brissett killed in Miami. Um, But those are games that, that a good football team who went to an AFC championship game last year, who is a favorite to win the Super Bowl this year, should win. And they've done that in style the last two weeks. Even the Pittsburgh game. I mean, yes, Josh Allen didn't play good, but you take away that block kick, that block punt, it's a different game, and Buffalo's still in that game with the ability to win that game late in uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, even so, that, that game, you're watching, you're like, mm, if it's just you know, if the game was a little bit longer, the Bills, you know, like they were they were close to putting it together, there. they just didn't do it in sixty minutes.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't couldn't close the game out there at the end against Pittsburgh. Maybe you know, give them another ten minutes, and maybe they could. Um, but they have had no problem the last two weeks closing the game out.
0: All right. Um, so talk to me here. Looking around the league today, Kansas City lost again. Have you seen the AFC West standings?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the Oakland Raiders are undefeated.
0: The Oakland, they are. They looked loud. Well, so,
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, that's right. I, did you?
0: I don't know if you watched the Miami game today. That game, they those teams deserved a tie. Anyway, Denver, Teddy Bridgewater, Denver three and zero. Las Vegas three and zero. Chargers two and one. Kansas City last one and two, last in the AFC West. So if I'm the Bills, I am thinking we played poorly in the opener. We lost the game that we should have won to Pittsburgh. We are, and then now two weeks later, we're already a game ahead of Kansas City in the conference. And I know they're like. If the playoffs started today, Kansas City like wouldn't make like yeah okay that's why they they, they don't start today. Like, Kansas City is going to be back. I think it's it's the Bills should be excited that they are already a game ahead of Kansas City.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the one thing I've been thinking all all week, um, actually all day today, I wouldn't say all week because it definitely wasn't something that I thought about all week, but definitely all day today is Kansas City looks beatable. Patrick Mahomes does not look like Patrick Mahomes. He's turning the ball over. Their um, defense
0: looks rough.
1: Their defense does not look great. Um, and I think if Josh Allen can play like how he played today against Kansas City, he's going to have no problem against that, that Kansas City offense. You know, um, And then you, you, you talk about the game after that and talk about Tennessee – Tennessee's got, it. yeah, sure, they got a great running game like they do every week, every year uh, with Derrick Henry. But Tennessee also looks beatable. That's a winnable game. I mean, those are two games that going into the year, I think I had both those down as L's. But um, I think at this point of the season, they're both very winnable games.
0: Well, listen, now you're reminding me of something that we kind of said, we talked about a lot on the podcast last season, which was a new thing for us to learn. Every game is a winnable game for the Buffalo Bills, and that still isn't like it still like hasn't set in like truly set in. Yeah, every every game is a winnable game like that. No, it definitely definitely is not
1: truly set in. No, you're absolutely right. It, it has not uh, truly truly set in. But you know, you you look at at Kansas City schedule right, a little different than what Buffalo schedule was right. They had Cleveland week one almost lost that game. This is a Kansas City Chiefs team that's very close to being zero and three to start the year. However, yeah,
0: that was that was a big comeback against Cleveland in week one.
1: Yes, and 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 two of their three games to start the year were against playoff teams. Next week they have to go to Philly, and then next week Buffalo. Then the we week after that, Buffalo is going to Kansas City. Hmm. Um, Philly's not a team to be taken lightly either.
0: Yeah, they're re- they're a short week because they're they're playing on Monday, right?
1: Uh, they are playing. Nope. Uh, Buffalo plays Kansas City on a Sunday. And the no, Chiefs no, no, no this like, like next week.
0: Kansas City will get Philly on a short week.
1: One, no, uh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. All yeah, right. For what it's so, worth, by the way, Nick Packed Mahomes homestay 27 for 44, 260 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions.
0: Hmm. Something Not I saw this greatest, uh. Mahomes was 10 and 0 in September entering this mm-hmm. season. Now they're one and two this year. That's crazy.
1: Patrick Mahomes so far for the year. Uh he's got a completion percentage of 70.3, 940 yards, nine touchdowns, three interceptions, and 111.7 uh QB rating, which is about his QB rating is about average for where he's been. That's
0: still very, very good though.
1: That yeah. I mean, nine touchdowns, three interceptions. But three interceptions in the three weeks, I mean, that's a lot for, for what you for get him. from Patrick Mahomes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's not playing MVP level right now. I just—I think their their defense just does not look too good right now.
1: No, I mean, that's a team you can score points on if you have the right offense. And I think that's going to be a big game, not looking too far ahead, but that's going to be a game where I think Buffalo needs to um, definitely play the, like the 2020 Buffalo Bills and just kind of dial it in and stay calm across the board. From Josh Allen to Brian Dable mm-hmm. to Sean McDermott and not get out coached.
0: All right, so the Bills have scored 78 points and then let up 21 in their last two games here. Is there anything you want them to still build on or work toward or what, what criticisms might you have that, that we still need to see improvement in for next week?
1: You know, I thought Zach Moss ran the ball well. Um, you know, Devin Singletary kind of ran the ball well the week before. Um, but I think the one thing I would like to see them do more is utilize, which it worked out well today when they did, utilize Isaiah McKenzie. Hmm. You brought him back for more than just turning punts, right, and kicks. He's looked very good doing that. However, um, they utilized him on, on, I don't know, on one gadget play today, and it worked out well. I'd like to see them continue to utilize him throughout the year. I like the one play they sent Zach Moss out wide and brought McKenzie in as, as the as the back in the backfield and then sent him out on a quick swing. Um, things like that. Any way that you can utilize Isaiah McKenzie and his skill set is going to benefit the Buffalo Bills. Okay. I what like about – same, same question back to you. I mean, where do you feel like they are? Obviously, offense looks good now, you know, this, mm-hmm. this past week. Defense has looked amazing. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on where do you feel like Buffalo can still improve?
0: This might be an unfair criticism, but I would because you know it's, it's hard to judge it when you're playing a bad team and a backup quarterback and a, like, all that kind of stuff. I mean, they they played two backup quarterbacks two weeks in a row, and they, they made him look bad as they should. Uh, they they were in the backfield constantly against Miami and had a bunch of sacks. They were in the backfield. I felt like a lot today, but only one sack. Taylor Heineke was kind of slippery in the pocket um, against Houston. Like, Houston is – almost everyone who, like, follows the NFL would have said Houston was the worst team in the NFL this season. And then they lost their quarterback. So, I mean, mean, there's really no excuse for almost anything to go wrong next week, which is, like, an impossible standard in the NFL – um i would i would like to see fewer um explosive plays against i thought i don't i mean i don't know maybe the bills are up mm-hmm. by a lot they're kind of letting down but giving up huge plays you never want to see that and like i i feel like like i'm i'm being like a greedy little kid here but like i would like to see some more sacks all right mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i i mean they they had pressure all day you need pressure itself is more important than pure sacks but I don't know. Like we just we just saw them win thirty-five nothing and forty-three twenty-one. Like like we're really like looking for something to pick on here. So if they only had one sack today. I would like to see the defensive ends get home and just just finish it. Right, that feels so good. You kill a drive with the sack. I would like to see sacks.
1: Yeah, I, that's a good point. I think more sacks are phenomenal, and uh, especially with. What they did in the offseason on that defensive line with those defensive ends. Um, by the way, you, you talk about the defensive ends. If I feel like I have not seen Jerry Hughes much this year.
0: That's yes. I saw I've he, seen a
1: lot of Mario Addison, a yeah. lot of I've seen Rousseau. Uh, yeah, AJ Rousseau, That's not true. a lot of Jerry Hughes.
0: They uh they called him them- for a penalty that ended up getting declined today, but on, on the interception, that was called back on the penalty. Mm -hmm. Jerry Hughes had a penalty, like a block later down the
1: field. I was like, Oh yeah. That's block.
0: Oh yeah. Jerry Hughes. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I, that
1: that's kind of what I'm like, Oh wait, he's still on the team. They're still paying this guy. Um, Oh yeah. But no, I, I definitely, I, I, I agree with you on that. I think more sacks, the better. Um, and in their defense, Nick, they did not play a backup quarterback last week. They just knocked out the starting quarterback. And
0: well, the yeah, I mean, they, they got to face a backup. Right. Um, I by mean, the way, and, and if I anything,
1: don't, yeah. I don't think Tua would have done much better than what – <laughs> No,
0: he was having a rough start. Yeah. Uh, right. I don't know if you have the stats in front of you here. Uh, Jerry Hughes not on the stat sheet today.
1: No, I saw that as well. Jerry Hughes is not on the stat sheet from today, which is interesting. Uh, I'm going to be curious to see what his uh, s- uh, uh, snap count was mm-hmm. um, this week. I want to see what Sal put up from from last week, because I know he does a great job, if anyone's ever looking for it. Sal Capaccio at Sal Sports on Twitter does a great job every single week of putting up the snap counts as they come out. Uh, and usually throws them in one of his many articles on WGR. So let's see. Yeah. Last looking, week's snap yeah. count. He had two tackles
0: last week, and I'm yeah, mm-hmm. bringing up the snap snap counts for last week.
1: So Rousseau played the most of the defensive ends last week, at, with 49 snaps, played 66. Uh, then Mario Addison, then AJ Epenesa, and Jerry Hughes played 34 snaps last week for 46. percent
0: Yeah, and then, I mean it was 35 nothing. So like I never know how. I right. would like to see like a you know first half snap count, like almost like a preseason preseason game because they you know they're taking people out at the end and, and you know that the bills love their rotation especially on the defensive line
1: mm-hmm.
0: but man like that, that, you know what? that is a good point jerry like where's jerry hughes and it's great that we are seeing the other people who are doing something when they get in there but you would have to think if the bills are gonna make a deep run like jerry hughes has gotta give them something free jerry <laughs> free jerry no, okay, I-
1: I think it's it's tough to really find, you know, you got to find a way into that rotation, and Jerry Hughes just kind of the the old man now, you know, as good as he is and as good as he was last year at getting in to the backfield. I mean, he's the old man on that on that line, and um, all in all, as much as I think I was calling for Mario Addison to get cut in the off season for cap purposes, Mario Addison hasn't looked too bad this year either. No, and he's, has, I think it hasn't he was had good. too many issues getting back to the the quarterback back there either. So. um, Another thing that I found interesting from last week, Nick, for what it's worth, Ed Oliver played forty snaps. You know who the second highest defensive tackle was last week?
0: Uh, let's guess Vernon Butler.
1: No, Justin Zimmer.
0: Really? Yes. You think that was a, a, that was a a score? Score? I don't know. It, I, I
1: I mean, I I feel like I noticed Zimmer. Maybe it's just because he's. The pads he wears, and he just wears like that odd number sixty-one. It just kind of stands out. Um, but I feel like I noticed Justin Zimmer more on the field than when than I noticed an Ed Oliver or a Vernon Butler uh, or a Star. You know what I mean? Um, which, by the way, Star played the least snaps at defensive tackle with only thirty-one last week.
0: Give him give him rest. Why bother when it's thirty-five nothing?
1: Absolutely. Which I saw a great picture of him being triple teamed last week. Uh, and everyone just kind of being like, "This yeah. is why you have a guy like Starlo on this team.
0: did you okay, did you think that that was a mistake by the line? No like no they, I, they, they couldn't have really like decided we need the triple team this man.
1: He's the biggest guy on on the line. If anything, you know, unless Ed Oliver's able to break free, I mean, yeah, he's the guy I'm triple team and over in Ed Oliver.
0: But why would you triple team anyone ever like that? Just, I just, right? Like I, I got head you. Head I understand that part.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, maybe it was. I mean, it's Miami's offensive line, they haven't looked good for three weeks. You know what I mean? Um, they snuck out a win against the Patriots team and they snuck out, uh, they almost snuck out a win today after some bad play calling with two seconds left in the. In the game in, in in Vegas, they should they should have never won that game after running two wildcat plays on first and second down from the one <laughs> yard line. Yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous. Yep. Um, and and it, to your point, it very well may have been. It very well may have just been a mistake by the offensive line. But even then, I mean, he's sure he doesn't get triple teamed. Let's say he gets double teamed. I mean, that's the kind of player that Star is. He's a guy who's going to bring that double team and is going to give one on one coverage to one of the defensive ends that Buffalo has like a Greg Rousseau, who I think has had a fairly good start to his career or a Mario Addison or an Ed Oliver and allow those guys to break free and get to the quarterback. And I think that's just the kind of player that a star, the two brings to, uh, brings to a team.
0: All right. Uh, final Bill's thoughts. I'm going to talk savers for a minute here. Final thought from you.
1: Oh, your favorite. Favorite, um, I want to talk real quick about the game that could have been last week because I know our buddy Bray would have been at the stadium wearing his Tyrod Taylor uh jersey, and yeah, that's and you know,
0: I mean, how much more fun would today's game have been if Fitzpatrick was the quarterback for Washington?
1: So, okay, so I thought about that too. Fitzpatrick always plays tough against Buffalo no matter where he He is, you know, and it's always fun to watch him because he always pulls something out of his butt, Mm -hmm. like. He's always so good. Um, but for what it's worth, I enjoyed watching a, 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 a Taylor Heineke. Like, I I don't think he's a bad quarterback. Maybe he has a career as a backup in this league. I, I don't know if he's going to be a starter forever in Washington. Like, I don't think he's a franchise guy. But, man, the kid, for for how he came up and how he got to where he is, the kid's got some heart, man. Like, mm-hmm. the kid just likes to play ball. And that that was fun to see to me. That touchdown run that he had to make it 21-14. Beautiful little run. Beautiful little scramble. Um, you know, it he was just fun to watch. Next week, though, you got another you had a rookie coming in. And Davis Mills, a third round pick out of Stanford. You know who also a third round pick out of Stanford, Nick.
0: A third round pick out of Stanford. Quarterback. Played for the Bills. Uh, played for the Bills. Oh my
1: gosh, Trent Edwards. Trent. Edwards was also a third round pick out of Stanford uh, who didn't look great his rookie year, but I thought could have been the franchise well, quarterback until he not a concussion against Arizona. <laughs> right. That's kind of hot. That, that's what I was getting at. I, I am, I am less worried uh, about a Davis Mills and he's also not a guy who's going to go out and kind of break the bank, running the ball too much with you. Uh, doesn't have a crazy good arm. Um, and I think he, uh, I think Houston just the team Buffalo is going to eat up again, like they did the last two weeks against the Miami Dolphins and the Washington football team. Um, All right, uh,
0: final final thought for me over here is uh, yes. I just want to give a, shot, a mention here uh, to the forgotten man in the Bills' offense is Gabriel Davis. Guy had an mm. unbelievable rookie season, and a day where the Bills passed for three hundred and fifty nine yards. Davis had one target, one catch, twenty-three yards. He's had a very quiet start to the season, but I'm saying don't sleep on Gabe Davis. We saw him last year; he can ball out when he gets the opportunity. And it's—I it, I don't think it's—it's it's not a skill thing right now. I think it's an opportunity thing. So, mm-hmm. if if anything happens there, that that's just just put it out there as a final thought for me. Don't sleep on Gabe Davis when they need him; he's there.
1: Gabe Davis, who caught the first touchdown pass of the 2021 season for the Buffalo Bills.
0: Yeah.
1: Beautiful, had- beautiful catch, by the way, for, for what it's worth. Um, but no, I feel like this year is a little bit tougher for Gabe Davis to get involved in the offense because Dawson Knox is catching the ball well. You got Emmanuel Sanders who's catching the ball well. Uh obviously you got Diggs and Beasley who aren't really going to come off the field much, unless one of them goes down. Um, one thing Buffalo did this week as opposed to going And doing, I'm sorry, the last two weeks as opposed to going and doing in week one is they ran a lot more, you know, of an eleven man offense. Whereas before they were running a lot more empty sets. I think they ran thirteen empty set offensive plays week one. I was reading, Hmm. which is the most that Brian Dable has ever ran in a game before. So they were trying to really spread that offense out, and I think that's also what may have hurt them. Week one is they were trying to do something that they don't do well at. They're a team that does well with a player in the backfield to help Josh, your tight end, and your three receivers, and spread out that way. You got three of the best route running receivers in the league. Just let them go, do their thing.
0: Yeah. So Brian Dable loves scheming things up too. So when when you hit split out five wide, mm-hmm. I, I mean the defense doesn't have to think. Too hard about what's coming. I mean, unless Josh Tucson runs, but you know, when there's when there's somebody in the backfield, there's somebody in motion, there's somebody doing. It just just makes the the mental aspect so much more complicated for them. So I don't know. I I, I would think. I mean, maybe maybe he thought you know Pittsburgh's fifth cornerback is you know some backup safety we can pick. On. I don't mm-hmm. know. But
1: um, let me let me ask you this question real quick because we're talking about the offense. Then we'll get into our state stuff we want to talk about. Um, is Zach Moss the RB1 now? Do you think he's taking over RB1 duties?
0: I To me, I think there's still 1A and 1B in my head. I don't think they have a clear number one yet. Moss is probably – I feel like Moss
1: looked a lot better than single Yeah. Fans. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I think if you last week and to touchdown this week. There was, a week, key, there was a key week. spot in the game. I'm not positive Zach Moss is going to be on the field. Like, I don't Like, you, when Christian McCaffrey is healthy, like, he's going to be on the field in an important spot. Like, you're not taking him off. So, you
1: think single, but so my thought on that is Singletary's had fumble issues already week one and week two. I don't think he saw the field much really in week three to really worry about that or had the balls, the ball in his hand enough um, this week to really worry about it. But, Week one, week two, he had two uh, a fumble each game that fell out of bounds, luckily for him. Yeah. Um, you know, and Zach Moss has looked pretty good. I think this week he looked more like an RB1, uh, more so than Singletary did. And I thought Moss has done a really good job of of, of, of catching the ball. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good point there. And, like, that, that's where he's going to take ground from Singletary is if he can be versatile as a receiver as well. Because right now I feel like Moss might, might have a step on him as a runner, and Singletary is probably better in the passing game, at least at least thought of as better. And mm-hmm. if Moss can make up ground there, I think that that would be a way to steal a huge chunk of play time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, and Matt Burrito being the healthy scratch as well was I thought interesting scratch. this How week. about it? But it seems like they're kind of going through a rotation. Yeah. I mean, maybe next week Singletary is weak to be the healthy scratch. You're going to see a – a Moss, uh Breed backfield. I, I don't know what, what's going through um Sean's head or McDermott's head and um uh, you know we're curious to see what, what this offense looks like next week. So yeah. But let's talk sabers, man, because I know it's your favorite thing to talk about.
0: You know, my my actual favorite thing to talk about is Ethos Performance mm-hmm. Rehab
1: yes nice nice segue i like it i like it yeah you're getting listen, good at this man you're getting oh, really good at this
0: i'm trying if uh if you're out there if you're if you're like me and you're out there playing touch football every sunday and you are thinking you know hmm i got uh you know i, I could be a little bit better if i if i you know i worked on this Like you have a nagging injury you want to you got high school win- fall, uh, winter seasons kind of high school fall playoffs are coming up soon You want to train better you want to work on something you want to get a little bit stronger you want to fine-tune your mechanics ethos performance rehab find them on instagram tell dr matt dr zach tell them the the process sent you uh charlie can't say enough about about what i've been to them multiple times both doctors can't recommend recommend them enough ethos performance rehab charlie uh, jack eichel is beyond what Ethos Performance Rehab can do, unfortunately. He needs neck surgery. Mm-hmm. He wants he wants mm-hmm. a disc artificial replacement. The team wants him to have a fusion. Uh, this is just an ugly situation. They had the press conference last week. They said he failed his physical. He will not be basically going on an on injured reserve. There's no end in sight here. He's stripped of the captaincy. This is a mess and I just, I just want you to kind of you have the floor tell me your thoughts uh, who's to blame what should happen
1: I think this is something we talked about with I can't believe was, I can't remember if it was Brayton or if it was Joe and we talked about Maybe it both. More, more more with I, I I remember we brought this up with one of them um, but the one thing I brought up was it seems like the way that uh, Kevin Adams is handling the situation, is that it's more of a personal thing. Like he's had an issue with Jack Eichel from day one, and it's not necessarily a Jack Eichel being injured situation. Hmm. It, it, it seems more of a I just don't like Jack Eichel. I don't think he's a leader. Um you know, and, and and so on and so forth, and him wanting to build his own team around someone else that is not named Jack Eichel. Is it, is that done? Yes. Would I want to build my team around a guy like Jack Eichel, who's one of the best players in the league and and younger than thirty years old? Yes, but you know there's some issue, and you 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 have other players there, like a Dylan Cousins. You have, um, you know, Casey middlestad who looked well well you know who looked good last year. Um, if you could move him for the right right picks and the right move, sure, go right ahead. I'm all for it. But how many teams are going to trade for? a player who needs some form of surgery.
0: Yep. Uh, Kevin Adams was at the press conference saying, you know, a healthy Jack Eichel is is one of the top players in the league, which is true. Uh, that person does not exist in the world right now. So it's, I, you know, and he, and he hit a good point. Like if maybe it's oversimplified, but if there was an easy, easy solution, we would have done it by now. And it, I agree. We're just we're just in a very long holding pattern where people, other teams, are not going to want to give up massive assets for a question mark. And the, even even if Jack got healthy, I don't know that he would. Maybe maybe at this point, maybe he's going to have to either whichever surgery he has, maybe he's going to have to get back on the ice for the Sabers and prove he's still amazing. I don't I don't know. It's it's a mess. The team. But if you're
1: Jack Eichel, I mean, do you even come to play for Buffalo again? Well, I mean, I, mean, point, I don't, right? maybe
0: it's like, if it goes on long enough at some point, maybe like say, say that they let him have the surgery he wants. I can yes. see a scenario where he is going to have to come back on the ice and prove he's still dominant to get the trade that the Sabres want.
1: Understandable. Understandable. I just don't know if, if that even happens in Buffalo.
0: Um, well, I mean, who's going to, the Sabres are pretty adamant and I don't blame them that they are not trading them for less than they think he's worth.
1: And I don't blame them either. I mean, I'm all for what Kevin Adams is doing as well, right? Like if you're going to trade Jack Eichel, you're getting what Jack Eichel is worth. You're not taking anything less injured or healthy or whatever. You're taking what you should take for Jack Eichel. And that are, that's top prospects, first round picks. Give me all that good stuff. And you're right. You know Jack Eichel might have to come back and prove himself, but don't forget if Jack Eichel doesn't play this year and makes it to July one next year, Jack Eichel's got no movement clause that kicks in July one. Jack Eichel then gets to pick where Jack Eichel goes. You, as the Buffalo Sabers, no longer get to pick what um, what you're going to get back from a team that Jack I wants to go to, and you need to just do what Jack Ica wants to do at that point.
0: On the other hand, uh Kevin Adams did make a real point to mention. He is a young star player under contract, all right? They mm-hmm. have him signed. They could play hardball. I mean, Jack, what's Jack Hickle? He's not going to sit out forever. He wants to no. play hockey. He wants to show he's valuable. He wants to... I don't know, like, at the very least, you know, play on the third line and score goals and not back check and just say, screw you guys, I'm out here for me. Like, what I, like, I don't,
1: like what they Dubois could, did they, in, um. They
0: could just make him play.
1: Right, I mean, and you and could do a lot of, like, what Dubois did and, and and I think Line did in uh, Winnipeg and just kind of go on the ice and just not give a damn, <laughs> you know, um, just to get traded and get out of there, but. You know, I don't know how that works out for anyone. I think Jack Oglin needs to show that he can, if he comes back to play, um, needs to come back and show that he can be one of the top players in the league again. Or Buffalo needs to find a way to trade him before he comes back and starts playing and get something like a uh, Jamie Drysdale from Anaheim, who I really like, and one of their other top prospects. I don't know if that's going to
0: do it for Kevin Adams, but... um, And and a couple first-round.
1: I mean, don't forget, the first-round picks are obviously, I think, Mm -hmm. given.
0: So, All right, so so here's one other way I can see this maybe playing out. Jack Eichel wants to have the surgery he wants. Mm -hmm. The NHLPA in the collective bargaining agreement has given teams the right to deny... Them a surgery if their medical professionals don't, I like, think it's too risky or what. Like the, the team's medical professionals can set the course of treatment, basically. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you could say, well, it's a free country, and, and you can do whatever you want. And it's like, well, in NHL. <laughs> Well, okay, so here's the thing: you really can do whatever you want. There's just consequences. Mm-hmm. If it gets to the point where Jack Eichel. Is gonna say, screw it. I don't care about the concept. Like he can do it. And I right. think for someone who seems to be fairly pissed off at the team, why not just go get the surgery that you actually want? What's the what are they gonna do? They can find you, they can suspend you, they can probably void the contract, they can whatever. Do what you want. Yep. I mean, it's it's also a you know, like the team looks horrible in this situation already, preventing you from getting the treatment you want for your own body. If they're gonna look so bad, what are they gonna do? Take away your money? They, I mean, they could fine you, they could suspend you. I don't even know what the punishment is in the CBA, but a rule is only as good as its its punishment. If it has, if it doesn't have teeth, it doesn't matter. So the team right. must be—they must be fairly good to keep him from getting it already. But at some point, I think he's—he might just say, "Screw it, I'm going, I'm getting it." If you want to, I mean, some, he might—he might just love having the contract voided at some point to get him out of here for free. The thing is, though, he's probably thinking, "I, you know, he's signed a huge deal. Will I get this huge deal again later?" Like, I don't know. But I mean, right now he's going on injured reserve. He's going to make millions of dollars for not playing. It's going to be weird. I mean, right. just just from being in, you know, you know, uh, mildly sadistic Sabres fan, as we all are at this point. Um, you, you know, sometimes we root for chaos. Do what mm-hmm. you want. Make the team punish you, and, and say, "Screw you! This is my body. I'm going to do what I want." That that's that's almost the scenario that I'm like hoping happens.
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, let him do what he wants to do. I mean, at this point, I'm all for Jack doing what's best for Jack Uggle. It's his health. Uh, but at the end of the day, if I, if I'm Buffalo, I'm, I'm trying to get rid of him. I'm trying to make a move sooner than later. And I am trying to get the best possible picks for him. And that's your only option. I don't think Jack Uggle should. If I'm Jack Uggle, I don't want to play another uh, period for the Buffalo Sabres. But if I'm Jack Eichel, I'm also um, need to do what's best for my health. Go do what's best for you, and Buffalo needs to go and do what's best for them. Go make the trade. Go find something, and uh, and let's just get this debacle over with.
0: All right, I want to read you one tweet that I saw this week from uh, it was from the Athletics NHL preview. All right, mm-hmm. as the Saber set course for a rebuild redo. It's difficult to recall a worse constructed roster at the start of the season. The Sabres are redefining what it means to hit rock bottom. That's where mm. we are. Training camp opens tomorrow, folks. Enjoy.
1: This is the uh, perfect, um, what is it, the little cat meme sitting in there. This is fine. Everything's fine. I tweeted no.
0: that at this tweet. This Yes, exactly.
1: Right. Is, yeah, is it a I'm...
0: dog? I think it's a dog. Dog, cat, what
1: thing, whatever it is, animal. Animal. Um, yeah, it
0: looks like a dog. I don't know. Yeah. It's a weird dog,
1: yeah. but I think it's a dog. Well, uh, I'll be curious to see what uh, what happens with this whole Jack Huckle thing. Um, but, Nick, before we wrap up, I want to ask you real quick for next week because I don't know if we're going to get a second pot in, which most likely not given our schedules lately. Uh, being a new dad is tough. But um, let me ask you. The Bills are uh, 17 point favorites next week against Houston.
0: Yeah, I, I do, really, holy
1: cow! Do the Bills win by 17 or more next week? Wow,
0: that might be one of the biggest lines in Bills history. I have to look that up. Holy cow! Um, yeah, <laughs> like I, I keep, I keep looking for a way to say that no, that's too many. I don't mm-hmm. see how the, I don't see the Houston keeping the bills under 30 and I don't see the Houston coming close with Davis Mills so if Tyrod was playing I would say yes but well, I don't know 17 and a half is basically the biggest line you'll ever see in an NFL game and I I just I don't know I don't see it
1: I don't know man they've done a good job the last couple weeks uh Depends what Bill's offense we see. We see the Bill's offense from this week against a bad Houston Texans defense. I think Buffalo get cover. I think Buffalo wins by 20 points next week.
0: Yeah. Holy cow. Seven. I got, I got to look this up. Now. 17 and a half. That, that's insane. But uh, 17. Hey, it's,
1: it, it's 16 and a half. So, I mean, round it up to 17. Oh, okay. I think, I mean, I think some books time. are calling 17. Uh, some books are calling 16 and a half. Some are calling 17. Yikes. Well, all right, listen <laughs>
0: – <laughs> when you're a player and you you know this one's coming you kind of you don't circle it but in your head you're like this is pad your stats day this is this is the day right
1: it's too early for for a um a a trap game right like like this wouldn't be considered a trap game yet okay listen with Houston Kansas City on the schedule next week after. Houston
0: is too terrible for this to be a trap game this is okay. i mean a trap game let me look at the schedule here. I mean, you know what? They do have two hard games after this one. Could it be a trap game? Could they be looking past them? I
1: say? don't think so. I Honestly, don't think in,
0: so. In a way, I was thinking. I'm like, maybe it was good that they they got they got beat by Pittsburgh. Kind of, you know, brought them back down to earth a little bit. Got their heads on straight. I don't know.
1: They need that little kick in the butt, I think, to uh, um, get them going again. I think they got that against Pittsburgh. Um, but, Nick, I think, long story short, I think this Buffalo Bills team is going to continue to be good. I'm going to look forward to talking to on our podcast next week uh, after the Houston game and talk a little bit about the Kansas City game coming up the week after on Sunday Night Football. Um, but also, I think the other thing I'm excited about is the Bills don't have a Fox game on the schedule for a while, and I am tired of the Fox announcers.
0: Watch your local CBS station.
1: They are they are brutal. Fox announcers are probably some of the worst announcers I have ever uh, listened to call a, a football game. So I am, needless to say, very happy. The Bills do not play on Fox again until they play Atlanta on January 2nd. So we all get to kick off the new year. With Fox announcers against a bad Atlanta Falcons team. Um, but yeah, good. No more Fox announcers. I'm happy. Stick to CBS. You got anything else first thing before we go? Uh
0: stay safe from COVID nineteen. That's all.
1: <laughs> it was great to see so many vaccinated people in one place. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry for our unvaccinated folks. I hope you don't like decide not to listen to us now after that comment, but don't um,
0: don't listen to us. I don't give a shit. Go get
1: vaccinated. (laughs) Nick does not care. Nick does not care. Um, But no, long story short, good. I'm very excited to see that many people vaccinated in in Buffalo. I hope they were all real cards and no one was walking around with no fake COVID cards and committing felonies. But uh, other than that, Nick, um, thank you all for listening. Remember to always like, subscribe and follow wherever you listen to your podcast at the process podcast, follow us on Twitter at the underscore process pod. follow my man Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica or you can follow myself on Twitter at wit 68 uh, and most importantly Nick, remember to always trust the process.